Antonio. We are talking today about, we're going to be talking about um, the broad subject of prison reform, but as it relates to something we're actually learning, you know, as we've said before, we're both uh, master programs of social work students. Uh, and so there's, we were learning in one of our classes about social work history and particularly about the uh, colonial era and how criminal justice operated and kind of comparing and contrasting that with with today so we've got a little bit of a a good topic i feel like today a little bit of a meaty topic we can talk about uh comparing uh what we've what we've learned about how the uh the early early colonial period handled uh, uh criminal justice versus uh how things operate today and just to be clear uh not all of us are going to agree. <laughs> yep, that's that's why we do it. That's that's why I wanted to do this because I know we we don't completely agree, so it makes for a more interesting conversation that way. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> You're right. Today, the day might be the day. <laughs> might be the day. <laughs> this might be a viral episode. This just might get it today, buddy. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> but anyway, okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll, oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens because um, you know prison reform is is a hot topic today, and I think most people, regardless of where they fall on that issue, will agree that the system the system isn't really effective the way it is now. You know the current. The current criminal justice system, with you know the whole prison industrial complex and everything going on, is just not—it's not an effective system for dealing with with crime. Um, no, the fact that we have so many prisons and the fact that the, there's more prisons being built every day just uh, goes to show that the the prison system is not doing what it's supposed to do. It's not—it's not preventing crime. It's not rehabilitating people who commit crimes. So what can we do about that? Well, so the, uh, the, okay. I was the second part to that is like what you're saying, the reform I think is way different from prison reform or or inmate reform is gonna be different than from the guy or the, the female that's on the street performing the crime. I think we can talk about uh inmate reform if you're talking about the same inmate going in and out of the prison system like okay so if you're in and out of the prison system then if you're not being reformed then what's happening inside the prison system but that's a little further that's a little further up the conversation i believe because first we got to go back like we're trying to compare colonial times um to current uh prison systems and now uh now for the people who don't know, uh, most of your modern day prison systems and the way they run, ten, typically just almost everything, good 90% of it, maybe even higher than 90%, pretty much comes from the, the uh, type of uh, prisons and uh, institutions that they built during these times, during the colonial times. So most of what they did back then was pretty, pretty modern to what you got going on now, despite what you um, see on the cowboy movie. So despite mm-hmm. what you're seeing on the cowboy movie where, you know, 
you had the jail, you know, the, the uh, coming in, you know, cowboy Bookaroo sitting there. You know, a lot of what was going on was was uh, pretty pretty advanced. Uh, but I'll I'll uh, jump out of that because, like I said, this is uh, uh, a topic between me and Ken. We don't always agree on. So okay, so yeah, so okay, the basic gist. So, so like, we'll get everybody up to speed. So we've discussed this a little bit before, and my perspective is that okay. The 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 thing that a lot of people don't really understand about the way that um, the criminal justice worked in the uh, the early in the early early colonial days was that everything okay first of all everything that was done was based on um the belief that that you know there, there was a strong religious belief in most of these communities so most of these communities believed that the bible was the word of god like so there was a you know strong strong uh, you know christian presence so most of the way that things were handled were intended to be biblically based and so one of the things that stuck out in my mind in, in one of our uh, classroom lectures was the way that rather than if, if you have a person who committed a crime, who stole from from someone or like, you know, damaged property or something like that, rather than just locking them up for a specified period of time, they would generally be punished. And they were generally a lot of times some of those common punishments fell into one of two categories. They were either they were shame was, you know, public shaming was used as a, as a common deterrent for crime and also just straight punishment, you know, just, just punishment for inflicting of, of pain on a person as a deterrent from crime. So when someone could, would commit a crime, we today kind of tend to look back on, you know, we look at people getting, getting uh, locked up in a stockade in the, in the middle of the street or, people being stripped down and, and whipped in front of the whole town is just it seems barbaric. But the other side of the coin, you can look at it yeah, on one hand. Yeah, it's pretty cruel. But the other side, the way that these people, the way that the early colonial people looked at it was, it was more about, they, they looked at it as a, a forgiving, as a, a benevolent form of punishment, because if you, okay, say you stole a, a loaf of bread, Rather than you being marked for life or rather than you like going through the system, what they would do is generally they they drag you out in the street and they they might tie you to a post and strip your shirt off your back and they will whip you. And they tear your back up. You'll be bleeding. You'll be crying. You'll be hanging there half dead. But when the punishment was over, the punishment was over and you essentially were forgiven once you paid your penance for a crime because the colonials, even though they believed in harsh discipline, they also believed strongly in the principle of forgiveness. So whenever a person committed a crime, they would pay their penance. But once the penance was paid, it's like it never happened. You know, they would go back and they, they weren't, you know, seen as a criminal. They weren't really, which there's a lot of talk you could do about, you know, that you could get into it deeply how people sometimes were ostracized. And, but generally the way that the, uh, the whole system was quote unquote supposed to work was that people were supposed to pay the price for if they committed a crime, they pay the price and it's over with. And I was comparing that with the prison system of today, which like seems, you know, on the surface to us, maybe a lot more humane, you know, people aren't drug out in the middle of the street and beaten after death. However, if you've got a kid who steals a pair of sneakers or like breaks into a store or something like that, 
you know, he gets arrested, he goes to jail, like you might. And, and, and the thing is, and the, 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 the crime stays on the books. It doesn't go away. And so then the next time, if there's an, if there's a next time this a, a person commits a crime, they're like, Oh, well, we, they just need to go away to prison for a while. And so we lock people away for years at a time in prisons. Um, there's really no actual rehabilitation that's being done. And then when they get out, they're marked for life. You know, they're, they're a convict. They're like, you know, these things, you know, there's certain criminal charges that can follow a person for the rest of their lives. So I guess my perspective was, you know, well, these colonial people, they were pretty harsh, but on the other hand, they were pretty forgiving too. So I think that I could see that there was a definite um, a benefit or, you know, so, uh, some kind of a, something to be appreciated, I guess, in the way that they handled things. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's where, that's where we kind of disagree because I know Antonio yeah, yeah, doesn't really, doesn't really yeah. like anything about the colonial era. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. Okay. This, yeah. This is where we, this is where we definitely disagree. Uh, okay. Here's my, here's my thing on the colonials. I don't really care a whole lot about the colonial part of history. Uh, other than, other than, I give props to the colonials for how they settled towns. Uh, although there back then it was primitive, but I give them props on how they settled them as far as like having a town square, town center, most of what we call downtown now or Main Street or something like that. I give them props on that because everything kind of revolved around that. You know, you had to have a town, town center. You know, there was a store, there was a church, a jail. You know, it was kind of the same thing in each colonial town. You know, so I give them props on that. I also give them props on actually creating up until this point, um, there wasn't a lot of a, like a way of punishing people uh, per se as far as like when they've done like everyday crimes, what we would call like a petty crime. Like you say, stealing uh, like stealing some uh, bread or uh, stealing, you know, like uh, clothes, uh, clothing or something like that, you know. So I give you that part. They come in, They came up with a system. However, the system they came up with was brutal. They beat a lot of folks. They killed a lot of people in their own towns based on these same type crimes and things of this nature. And um, a lot of people left these towns. That's why you had a lot of this stuff replicated in some other areas, maybe not in the same fashion, but it was still replicated. You know, so, but during this time with a lot of these people right here with the colonial things, as far as them saying, your punishment is over. A lot of this, what they came up with, all these beatings, all these hangings, and all this other stuff, was definitely replicated through uh, our slave history. You know, because a lot of these people who left these towns or who were, who were kicked out or for whatever reason they couldn't go back, a lot of these folks did end up on plantations. And for the lack of a better word, you know, it got much more harsh on these plantations when these guys showed up and they showed up with the same vengeance they had in some of these towns. Either they was getting revenge on something that happened to them, you know, which we would call trauma today. Mm-hmm. Or they just came over with, Hey, this is how we did it over here. At whatever town. And this is, you know, this is how we got, you know, people to be punished. However, when you move forward into our own prison system, for a very long time, we didn't have a lot of reform, and it was still based on these colonial, the colonial stuff, with this harsh, harsh punishment. You know, one one great example, one great example would be the chain gang. You know, that was um, 
a, 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 a good institution back in the day, and the chain game was kind of done away with. You know, uh, they feel like it was uh, mm-hmm. unconstitutional, one, you know, whatever, for everybody to be chained together to do work or whatever. You know, so, but the thing about it, though, is that you have all of these crazy ideas what punishment should be. And even back then in the colonial times, when they say your punishment is over with, look at some of those punishments that they came up with back then. There's no way those punishments was over with by the time those people went back home. If you got beat to death, I'm sorry, if you got beat up in the middle of town, or if you had to give away pretty much all of your belongings just so you could pay off something, you know, a, a particular crime or whatever, you're not, it's not done, done away with. They may say, yeah, your crime is, is over with. You paid your, you, you've done your, your due diligence. You, you had your, uh, your day in court per se, and hey, it's wiped away clean. You can go back yeah. in the town, but you're not done. You know, if I got whipped in the middle of town, I still got the scars. I still got this. I can't, I can't do away with the scar. So I think like nowadays when we talk about the reform for prison, uh, there are some programs inside a prison system. You know, there are some things like, you know, trying to get educated as far as like high school diplomas or GEDs or collecting a college degree. Now, all of those things don't say I'm going to be reformed, but there's something there. Back in the colonial days, there was nothing there. And rightly so, you know, they weren't trying to send nobody to, you know, a higher institution for learning. But mm-hmm. if I incarcerated you and I know that you are a farmer or I know that you are a blacksmith or something like that, then if, I'm, if you're incarcerated for a particular crime, then why not even back then, instead of just beating a person, you know, to the end of their life, why not go back then? And utilize this person's talents for something else other than them just sitting in the prisons and waiting for whatever the punishment is at the time, even if it is, you know, based on God. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I mean, to me, I think everything they came up with outside of building the institution, they did build it. And outside of them creating the town, I think everything is for food. I believe that's why we have the crude and unusual punishment um, uh, amendment now. I think that's the reason why we have it. I think a lot of that comes comes from this time, cruel and unusual punishments. You know, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the eighth. I think that's the eighth amendment. I think it's eight. So, I believe that's why we have some of those things. I mean, I know there are other cases, but I just believe that some of these, some of this stuff right here was was very outlandish. It was it was it was over the top. And it was copied from more than one person. I don't know. Like I said, I understand what you're saying. You talk from the punishment is done, and then they can just go back. And then the punishment we have now it carries over with you. You know, it it goes with you. It follows you. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. So which reform? Should we go after? Well, what reform was the colonials going after? Were they going okay. after? Here, okay, here, let me, let me see what, what the way the way I see it, because it, it reminds me of uh, the, uh, oh man, what country was that where they had the caning that got um, Singapore. Pop, popular? What? Singapore, yeah, Singapore. okay. So the thing is, if, if you want to deter crime, okay, if you want to deter violent crime, okay, the United States right now, if you commit a violent crime in a lot of there, there is a, a significant portion of our culture where if you commit a violent crime and you go to prison, you 
not only is it really not, you know, you're not going to suffer that much, but you actually, you gain respect, you know, like, you know, people, there's a lot of people that go to prison and come out and they're, they're hard, they're respected. Like, you know, you got more street cred and like, it's kind of a, it kind of has the opposite effect, you know, instead of being a, a, a deterrent, it's almost, a, it's almost attractive in a way. Whereas, okay. If you look at the, the number of violent crimes in the United States, you know, we have, we have murders and violent crimes in every city of our country. Just every major city has daily has violent crimes every single day. Um, murders like every town, every, you know, you go to Chicago, there's, I don't even know. I'd like to look up the statistics right now. Cause I know I've heard it before. There's like, I know there's several murders every day in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Whereas if you go to the country of Singapore, the entire country of Singapore, do you know how many, how many murders they average in the country of Singapore every year? No idea. It, it's, it's the average is one. Okay. So the entire country of Singapore averages one murder every year. It's because if you, if you, if you, kill a person or if you commit a violent crime against another person in Singapore, you don't get to go sit in a cell for a, a couple of years and watch TV and work out and, and get a, get a degree. You get drug out in the middle of the street. They beat you half to death where you're laying on the ground, you're crying, you're bleeding. And there's, there's, there's no cred in that. There's nothing there's, there, you know, <laughs> that's to me, that's a deterrent. Like he, I know a lot of people might think it's barbaric. It's cruel. You shouldn't do that. But, to me, the Singapore, the way it handled it, is similar to the way the uh, the early uh, colonial people in the United States in the early days of you know, the United States handled it. Like they looked at it more as, okay, if you commit a violent crime, then you, we're gonna we're gonna drag you out in the street where everybody can see you. We're gonna beat you half to death, and then we're gonna leave you laying in the street crying and bleeding, and you're not cool. Like there's you know there there's there's also not only is there an element of pain, but there's an element of shame there also. So it, for the country of Singapore, apparently it's a tremendous deterrent against violent crime. So I'm just saying that the, the, the prison system in the United States is, it, it doesn't, it's not effective. And like, I'm not saying we should just start dragging everybody out in the street and beat them half to death. But I feel like there could be more of a deterrent. Um, and, and part of that would be, the, the 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 criminal justice system in my opinion should only be for people who commit violent crimes or crimes where there is significant loss of of property or you know something bad you can't to me you know the, right now how many people we've got sitting in prison for for selling a bag of weed or something like that to me that's stupid like okay I, I can understand, you know, there's a large percentage of our population that wants to deter drug use, and I can appreciate that. But the things like there's a there's a huge difference between somebody who gets arrested for having a bag of weed and somebody who gets arrested for doing a drive by and shooting somebody. You know, there's like those two things are, you know, not even close to being the same and they shouldn't be treated. They, You know, a prison sentence is not the appropriate uh, sentence in my, you know, not the appropriate uh, course of action for all crimes in my opinion, because all crimes are not created the same. So I'm just no, saying, no. I'm just saying I, I can appreciate the, the colonials approach to, to if you commit a crime, you're going to get punished and you're going to get punished harshly, but then it's over. Okay. You're okay. You, you did it. You, you committed your crime. Your punishment's over. 
Now forget about it and move on and go about your life and be a good person now. Whereas like once you kind of get in the way the United States prison system is set up now, once you get in the system, you're kind of there. Like it's you, you, once you've gotten the attention of, of law enforcement and stuff, this like, they kind of watch you. And, you know, I've seen people just get, get their probation revoked over the stupidest little simple, tiny things. You know, I've, I've seen where people just, it's, it's like, they're just trying, it's like this game of cat and mouse where they're just trying to get people back in the system. And a lot of it is money. And I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of that because, you know, there's, there's money when you got every, for every person, every person you've got in a bed, you're getting money for that. You know, whether it's a, a private prison or it's a federally funded prison, there's funding. Funding is based on the number of bodies in beds. So the more bodies you can get in your facility, the more money you're going to have coming in. And that well, to me is an absolutely corrupt system. I would much rather, much rather take somebody out, just beat this living crap out of them. If you've committed a violent crime now, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about people who have, you know, like a, a bag of weed or something stupid like that. I'm talking about if you commit, if you commit a violent crime or you commit a horrible, like even if it's white collar crime, like this freaking Bertie Madoff guy that, you know, just, just stole like millions and millions of dollars from people ruined, you know, thousands of people's retirement funds. To me, that's, that's, I think that'd be easily considered a violent crime. People like that even should be drug out in the middle of the street and beat half to death. <laughs> First of all, wait a minute. I'm getting wound up now, man. Yeah, you're getting wound up now. But listen, what I'm saying is. What I'm saying is, okay, you're, but see, you, you, you'll be on that side to going back to where, what I was talking about before as far as saying the violence of it, the colonialism, people, when you look at them in the movies, you know, you look, they, they look at, you know, like they try to put on a, on the same level, like Amish people or something, I guess, where they, they raise in barns and they go into church and, you know, and everybody's doing the thing, then when something happens, then it's, you know, go get, you know, Jebediah, so you know, so we can go down here and, and, and talk to so and so and so about what he done wrong. But that really some of these people. Some of these people was very violent in nature. You know, they 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 beat their wives, you know, they beat their kids. You know, we also talk about prison reform, but a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's like okay, that, that, you're talking you know? though, you're not you're not talking about like the system, though. you're talking about isolated cases because but the, but the people, people like now if you're talking about like the puritans and stuff like that now they were like dude if, if a man got caught beating his wife he's liable to be run out of town like that, they, that, they did that that was though. not that was not socially acceptable behavior the things are happening i mean there were violent people i agree with that and there were people with violent tendencies who were in positions of power at times and that's that's I, you i'm not arguing that however i'm saying for the vast majority of the people they were like, I think most of the people were pretty decent folks back then, and like they did try to be good Christian people. And that, you know, they was that? they was nice to they was nice who they wanted to be nice to. They weren't nice to everybody. They weren't nice to everybody. Now, now they put that well, yeah, the because they, well, because yeah, they, they, they were, were nice suspicious. They, they, they were super. They were very superstitious. So like then, there was a lot of anytime you had people coming in who were different in any way, yeah, there was going to be a lot of a lot of distrust and a lot of suspicion to people. But I like I'm I'm talking about the way that the system was designed to operate 
But the people are the system, though, so we can't exclude the people from the system that they created. They created a system based on violence because that was already going on in their, in their society. Even their preachers, you know, preached about it. You know, their preachers, you know, they preached about, you know, being, you know, good servants and things of this nature and giving to your, you know, your government or whatever, whatever at the time, you know, they preached about those things going along around. And that's why everybody got the same message. And you know, you all got one church. Everybody go, everybody go to the same church. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like you had three or four different churches to go to and got three or four different messages. You know, so here you got, you know, you had the one preacher that come in, the preacher gave a message and the preacher worked with the, with the, uh, with the judge at the time. And, you know, and then when the preacher and the judge and then whoever else owned the land, they, you know, they got, you know, they got the, uh, the, the message across to the folks. And then you had uh, the sheriff or the constable or whoever they had to keep the, you know, to make the law in the order. All of those people work together, but those, the people are the system. And those people right there was the ones that, yeah, well, you know, according to the Bible, he deserved to be lashed. He deserved to be stoned or whatever. Those were the first few forms of punishment coming from the Bible. But even in the Bible, even in the Bible, when those people were saying that they were being stoned and stuff like that, there was some, there was some crimes that was worthy of, you know, uh, stoning and whipped, and then some some crimes that was worthy of being, you know, just uh, beat or whatever, you know, I'm, something. To, to hold that on, I don't know about stone, I, dude. I'm not aware of any actual stoning that was happening in, in colonial America. No, no, I'm not talking about the colonial thing. I'm just saying as far as the violence of the crime. With the punishment, the violence of the, the punishment. Not if if you keep it on what they were saying about, and if you talk about biblical days, mm. biblical days, and then the colonials, they don't really run hand in hand. But the violence or the way they carried out the crime, oh, I'm sorry, the punishment for the crime definitely mirrors each other. It definitely that they didn't go around with a lot of folks and they hung a lot of people. Now that was true, and that that's all through their mm-hmm. history. They a lot of folks was hung for whatever reason, and then a lot oh, of yeah. people were whipped. Now my thing was, well, horse if, thieves. Horse thieves were hung uh, it, almost universally because yeah. the thing so is, at the time though, if you stole at, at, the way the way people the way the the way the whole thing was set up with transportation. Okay, you know there there was no. This was before the railroad. This was before like the telegraph even before. Um, any kind before you know, any kind of cars or anything like that, but you know there wasn't even bicycles. So basically, the only way for a person to get around was either on foot or on horseback. And then the horseback not only was a way of transportation, but that was a way of like transporting goods. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, and so the thing is, and horses were expensive. So most poor people, like they, for 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 colonial people, buying a horse was like buying a house today for us you know like that's most people one of their largest investments they'll ever make so yeah. if you stole a man's horse you stole his whole life man you could you could steal a person's whole livelihood so that's why horse thievery was taken very very seriously because yeah that wasn't you know people don't really understand how significant it was to steal a horse from a person but back in the day you know, when you steal a man's horse you stolen every his way you know his way of not only getting around, but, you know, transporting goods, you know, like if he had, if he had produce, if he was a farmer, he had produce that he had to take to market to sell. Um, if he wanted to go into town to buy supplies to take back home, you know, he had no way of transporting things other than his horse. So uh, you pretty much doomed his whole family to death. If you steal a person's horse. Yeah. Especially they couldn't get to town. And I agree yeah. So, so that's, that's why I could like, okay. Hanging might still be severe, but I mean, I'm just saying, 
the, the crimes that people were generally hung for were generally very, very serious crimes. You know, they people weren't getting hung for like stealing a pair of shoes or a loaf of bread. You know, that was those are the kind of crimes that they take you out and they might lock you up in the stockade for a couple of days or they might go out and whip you really good. But, you know, they're, you know, it's they're, they're not going to there wasn't people being hung for for minor crimes. You know, so then you look at this. OK, so then you go back and say, OK, well, you got the same person that steals the same loaf of bread. And I think this is where they was talking about how to come into the to the social work type stuff. You got the same person steal the same loaf of bread and he might have suffered the same punishment twice. So eventually somebody says, well, how do we keep him from stealing the bread? Now, there was no preventive measures placed on the person selling the bread, like put your bread up here or lock it in the thing or whatever. The preventive measure was was put out to the people in the town, you know, you know, uh, maybe go to church more. You know, you need to come to church more. Or, yeah. you know, uh, something to that effect. Or maybe, uh, you know, the, the punishment should be we're going to put them out in the woods, you know, uh, for X amount of time, you know, until they learn the value of not stealing from the neighbor. Or maybe we go take all of their property or something like that, you know, to, to keep from stealing from your neighbor. Now, that goes to, like, a little bit of advoc- uh, advocating for the, for the client to say, why is he stealing so much? And then it goes to a little bit of reform, just a little bit mm-hmm. of reform now to say, how can we keep this person from stealing? But that took a while to get to that point before you had all of that going on. You had a lot of people from the town leaving. You had, you know, uh, there was no, there was no reason uh, for uh, families to try to protect a particular family member because if he done so much, then he got kicked out. Said something, you get kicked out too, you know. So, uh, reform was definitely needed back then and is needed now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only difference is now is that we have a lot more technology attached to the prison system. And, like you said, a lot of times it comes down to the financial stuff. Okay, there's money to be made because I got a thousand inmates versus 500 inmates. Well, you only got 500, so but I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep folks out of the prison. So how do we keep people out of the prison? So now we do have programs that precede the prison system, but the only thing that that I don't like about a lot of the programs that we have now, just like um, we have mental health accountability court. It's not in every county, but it is a statewide type thing, but it's just not in every county. So you have mental health accountability court that says you get arrested for a crime and you have a mental health diagnosis. You can go through mental health court and try to go through these um, these groups and therapy sessions, you know, and things of this nature, to see if you can be reformed, to see if you can actually learn from your mistake. The only yeah. thing I don't like about that I do not like about it is that you still have the crime itself or the charge itself hanging over your head. So the moment yeah. you don't do something that people don't want you to do, so guess what you do then? You go right back to the jail, and then if there's prison attached to it, you go right back to prison. Yep. You know, just like our parole system, our parole system, our probation system, everything is still hanging over your head. And I and I still view it the same way with the with the colonials is that even though I was whipped in the middle of the town, I was whipped, I still have that over my head because I, the scars that they won't go anywhere. The scars ain't for the go. People still gonna see, oh, you know, he was whipped for so and so and so. You know, and they're still gonna see that, you know, just mm-hmm. like here, uh, the first thing that was brought up in the class was that okay, a person like an older person 
Mm. Here I was living. And this is why I really think the colonial stuff gets into the slavery stuff. And I know still during that time, up until the colonials is right around 1600, up until the early 1800s. So right around the 16, 1700s, that you have indentured servants. But indentured servants were, were supposed to have been able to pay off their servitude or their, or their, or their service to whoever they was, in, whoever they was uh, indentured to yeah. uh, over a certain period of time. But here in the colonial says that, hey, you got too old to take care of yourself. Now, this is what, this is what a lesson starts at now. Yeah. You got too old to take care of yourself, so we're going to auction you off. Think about this one. We're going to auction you off. When I was living free, I was free before. I was in my own place. I just got old. Yeah. So also, so then the person that able to purchase you, then you can be an indentured servant to that person and do what they want you to do in the house. If I'm too old to take care of myself, how am I going to be a servant to you? I can't be a servant to you if I'm still having a hard time taking care of me. Well, they can find something for you to do. I mean, I think that's that to me was a it's a, a great plan, man. Like they, that's a creative that's a creative solution. That's not a good plan. That's not a good plan to say. How is that not a good plan? You got to think, dude. You're 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 not you're not thinking that like there was no social security then. There was no disability. There was no food stamps. Like there was none of this. So if you got to the point, if you were a widow or you were an old person living by themselves and you were unable to take care of yourself, you would die. Like plain and simple, you would die. So in order to prevent people from suffering and dying. They would say, okay, they had to come up with a solution to say, okay, well, somebody has to take care of this person. So what they would do is that, yeah, when they, when they auction you off, that would teach, okay, if you, if you're the property of this family, that means for the rest of your life, they're obligated to take care of you. They're to make sure you have a bed to sleep in. You have food in your belly every day. You have clothes, you have medical care if you need it. So all this stuff is taken care of and in exchange. They'll find that expect you to contribute to the household in some kind of way whatever way you're whatever way you're capable of doing if you if you're old okay okay we're talking about colonial days so old and colonial yeah. is probably right around 60 mid 60 maybe the 70 that was old oh, yeah. um, and i would even venture to say late 50s if you was widowed you know but by that time you've gotten it's not like colonial days, you know, uh, where you might have had, you could, you know, get to town you know, in a little uh, car or something. You know, you're walking most of the time. You're riding this horse. But your body is pretty mm-hmm. beat up by the time you get to this older age. Your body's pretty beat up at yeah. this time. How is it a good plan to say, you're, you're older. How is it a good plan to say, we're going to auction you off? An older person, I think about this now, that's, that's still public shaming. Oh well, we know. Yeah. So is Sarah. She's too old to take care of herself. So now she's going to be auctioned off to whoever, so they can do whatever they. So they can have you work in their home. Wouldn't it have been a better plan, even if they didn't have? I, I'm pretty sure even this right here had to cross several people's mind back in the day. Instead what? of auctioning off someone to go into a home to take to do minimum tasks. Why not? Why not say, look, she doesn't uh, move. Okay, look, move her closer to town, and so then that way people can just say, okay, we're gonna check in on Farrah from time to time to make sure she's not dead in the home. Make sure she has some firewood for the winter. Make sure she has some some goods, you know, to get through when it's hot or whatever. 
versus saying, well, because think about this. Now, you take her out of her home. You take this person out of yeah. her home. They had a home. They had land. So then who benefits? Who benefits more from this person leaving their home and leaving their land than... Um, well, you, this wasn't this wasn't done against the person's will, though. Like, this was what people... The will, but still, will, somebody's got the benefit. All of that still goes back to building these... Well, the thing is, everybody benefits that way. Like, everybody benefits. Who benefits? The, 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 everybody benefits. Like, who doesn't benefit? Like, the person, the person who can't take care of themselves is the main beneficiary because they're taken care of for the rest of their life. The family who, who purchases the person benefits because they have a, somebody there that they can do something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's an old woman that, that all she can do is sit and knit scarves, you know, whatever. So she'll knit sweaters for the family. You know, that's her job. So they get some kind of benefit from it and the community look. So the, and then the community is not burdened by like having people who have to check on her every day. And if somebody forgets to check on her one day, then, Oh, well, like old, old widow Jones just starved all day today because somebody forgot to go check on her. So the whole community benefits. So I'm saying everybody benefits from that setup. I don't know. I don't. I don't um, do that. I don't say that way because look at that. Okay, look at this. One. Okay, if you have enough uh, old people, I guess if these are let's say widows, let's say widows, are we yeah. a better population? Better population because the elderly. I don't know. I may not give you the elderly, but the widows could be widow anywhere from uh, thirty years of age to fifty years of age, depending on. What their husband was doing or whatever at the time, and they were, you know, kids or whatever. So you took a yeah. widow. Now most women, even in their thirties, even in their thirties, if they're not used to the farming aspect of the time, of the time, they're not used to to taking care of the home, and they have small kids, they're going to be susceptible to this auctioning thing. It doesn't mean that they're poor, but they're going to be susceptible to this auctioning thing. Now, if my husband has built this house and built the land and cultivated it, um, well, if that's not what if that's if if you were in that situation, that's not what you wanted to do. Then that's not the the choice you would make. No, because think about this now. That's how the uh, the Salem witch trials. That's how they started. Lady was widowed. She was widowed, and she uh was trying. She wanted to take care of herself. She was, and so people saw her wearing pants. They saw her wearing pants. While she was tilling the ground or whatever she was doing out there, trying to farm or whatever, and they and they asked her a few times to put put pants on, and she didn't put pants on. They and they thought something was wrong with the lady. <laughs> that's uh, uh, man. That's not. I don't think that's a good. That, that's that's a, not that, a good comparison, though, man. You're talking about something totally, totally different. Different, but what I'm saying, the Salem witch trials or something it, completely what different. I'm saying is what I'm saying is that anything could be misconstrued during this time. That's why I believe. When you have all of this going on with their punishments, all of this going on with their punishments, all of these things were was based on their so-called reforming of a person, or uh, how to, to to deter, but uh, you know from uh, crimes or doing things against God's will or doing things against the moral statutes at the time. All of these things come into play. What if someone just decides that this is something that's against whatever? So now I'm gonna get whipped harshly or whatever. Nobody looking to I like. Okay, well, what was the reason why? Or whatever. If you have a person stealing, they might be hungry. During the colonial, you're supposed to be following all of this God stuff or whatever at the time. But God is gonna tell you not to feed the hungry, but to whip the person in the middle of the town. 
because they sold some bread or they got some food or they went over and, and, and you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, got a, a pig or something. We have to, we got to be able to see, like, we got to be able to see that in the colonial times, there was a lot of stuff that they did that was definitely misconstrued a lot of times. There was a lot mm. of things that were being misconstrued during the time. They they uh, they they definitely arrested a lot of people. Punishment came pretty came pretty quickly, and it came pretty swiftly and pretty harshly. So uh, there wasn't a lot of people like in the jail. But then okay, all of a sudden now, you move on up in the colonial history, and then here you got the prisons that they built the prisons. You build the prisons to 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 put people in, because more and more people were starting to resist the way that they was actually punishing people and the crimes were still being uh, done and they was being done more harsh because some of these people who were being tried over and over again, they got resistant, they got sick of it, they were traumatized. So they they out here taking their taking their vengeance out on other people. They get arrested, they get locked in. Well yeah, it's it's not yeah, obviously it wasn't a, a perfect system. Like and I'm not saying it was, but like I'm just saying if you okay, if you fell on hard times you know, in the next couple months, and like you, you are starving. You're trying to come up with a way to to provide for your family, and you go out and like you see some some rich snob like walking down the street, flaunting his flaunting his cash. So you decide, I'm gonna go get me some of that. You knock the guy over the head with something. You get a big old stick, get a bat, just knock the guy over the head and take his wallet. Okay, you get caught. Would would you rather go to prison for ten years? for the next 10 years or would you rather just get drug out let's get crap beat out of you and then be free to go you know to me it's it's like there's yeah there's pros and cons both ways but i think uh and if you okay number one that plus number two if you're looking at people like you know kids that are growing up in 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 rough neighborhoods and bad environments and they're and they're getting a message from the culture that like man if you you know if you do this this and this and and you go, you get locked up for a little while, you come out, you're going to be respected, you're going to be feared. Um, or versus if you if you commit a crime, they're going, you're going to get drug out, you're going to get beat half to death, and you're going to be laying on the ground crying in front of everybody. Which is a better deterrent? Well, I'm <laughs> just saying. I understand what you're saying, but then you're talking about, you're still talking about reform, but that would be more on a community level. Where you're trying to reach a whole entire community, like, look, going to prison and jail is not something you want to, you know, romanticize. This is what we yeah. to do. It's hard to do that in low income areas. That's why I believe, even during their times, it was hard for them to get that message across about not stealing or not, you know, having adultery because there were still low income areas, you know, with, uh, mm-hmm. with the colonials, you know, whatever. There was still low income. Uh, Lot, <laughs> uh, but that's because you know uh, everybody was making uh, beer and wine all over the place, you know. So, <laughs> but the thing about it, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be truthfully honest, you know, yeah, you know, so they was making beer all over the place, you know. So, uh, and and it was a better way of, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was better than drinking the water. I mean, I'd be honest with you. I'd rather drink the beer than drink the water. The water probably give you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the water gets you sick. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so but but then the colonials did come up with you know digging wells. So I mean, I, I forgot about that. You know, so, but either way, yeah, yeah, 
Either. <laughs> <laughs> let me get away. Let me get away from that. Let me go. I'm gonna get away from that. There, there's there's a good, a good arguments both ways here. I feel like this. I feel this is a. This is a good, this was a good topic of discussion, yeah. and it's like yeah, we I, I we we might should wrap this up because we could probably go on for oh, hours. Yeah, We're only coming up on like forty five minutes I'll, on this discussion. I'll say this and I'll be done with. It. I'll say this and I'll be done. And uh, you know, <laughs> we just believe with. And we're talking about absolute prison reform when people go into prison. Whether you're talking about colonial times, the programs have to serve the population that's coming in. And I think a lot of reason why when you go back out to low-income areas, because uh, when you're in prison, it's not speaking to low-income areas. You know, you're not really. They kind of tell you, yeah, you know, we, you should you know get an education, or you should try to get a better job. However, when you come out, that's not what you see. And then you have to yeah. you have to speak to that particular population. If if you're rich going into prison, you know, if you're rich going in, you that's like like you said, Bernie Madoff who stole millions of dollars. You're rich coming in. Now he won't get out, but let's just say a person is gonna get out of prison in like let's just say twenty years and years old or twenty five years old. So when they get out, they're still mm-hmm. they're still young. So when they get out, if you're okay, this person is rich, and if you're not reforming that person, hey, look, you know what you've done. This affected a lot of people, you know, breached the population that you're serving in prison. I think that's why you have so many people go in and out the door, because the reform does not serve the people that it's trying to reach. It doesn't serve the population. That's why I'm always harping on life skills, because life skills mm-hmm. definitely it. it it meets you where you are in life. Who if you're rich or poor? It meets you where you are. And then wherever you are, then it discovers those issues that you have with your own life. I think a lot of reforms are broad in nature. They're very broad. That's why they don't work yeah. all the time. And then you're like, now I wonder why they got them in the prison for 20 times for the same thing that we want to tell everybody, oh, they'll become institutionalized. True, there are some people who become institutionalized. And they don't know anything but the prison. That's all they really know. But if you go all the yep. way back to the beginning, why did it happen in the first place? What happened in the first place for you? For the only thing you didn't know is the prison system. Even during those times in the colonial times, they knew exactly why those people was poor. They made them poor. Some of them was made poor. Some of them grew up that way, but a lot of those people in colonial times, they knew why they were stealing. They knew why they was out there doing those things because... You you cut a person off, and when you cut them off, you cut off the 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 point to their resources. That person gets just when they go into survivor mode. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that's what I think that's what happened a lot of times with those with, with during that time. But a lot of those punishments were brutal. Man. They were brutal. They were barbaric. You know, and I think it did it did it did, it did more harm. Because it moved out into the slavery, the slavery communities and those slave houses. And it moved out into that. And then when it moved out into that, you get into a whole nother part of history though now. That yeah, so, that's that's yeah. that's a whole that's a whole other discussion whole other too though. I think that's that's but when it moved there, out, there might but when it moved out into that part of history, when it moved out into the slave quarters, then it started affecting the, the rest of the United States. Because you got to look at when the slavery was over, uh, colonial times in about 1820, 1830. 30 more years after that, 40 more years after that, slavery ends. 
And now this thing moves way on out into the whole United States at this point. So it does have an effect on how we view directly to the prison prison reform once you had this stuff instituted by the colonials. It had an effect. You can't say it didn't. It really did. Mm, maybe so, maybe so, but I think that's a that's a whole different discussion. It is it's a whole different discussion. Yeah. It really is a whole other discussion. There was a whole other part of it. You could like, well, you could, yeah, you could tie. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things you can tie together because everything that happens historically is is linked together to the other things that happened within within communities and within cultures. So I mean, there's yeah, you definitely uh, you can't argue that there that different things aren't connected, but um. Yeah, but that, but that. I think the, the thing is that the people thing. like the, the institutional, the institutionalization, like okay, because I mean I've seen in you know at my job right now I've already seen people who like men in their forties and fifties who have been in and out of prison their entire life who are unable to take care of themselves who have no idea how to how to balance a checkbook or how to pay a bill or how to do anything because they've completely institutionalized. And it all started from something stupid. Like they were 18 years old and they were like, they they were running from a cop or did something stupid and they ended up going to jail. And then like they got on probation and then they did something stupid again. That's not really that bad, but since they were on probation, it was, you know, and there's this, the, the system is set up to, it kind of, it kind of wrangles people in like once they're kind of wrangled into it, it's almost impossible to get out. Of yeah. It. Now my, my belief is I think the prisons, okay. On one hand, and I know a lot of people disagree with this. I think prisons should be a lot more harsh. I think they should be harsh. And I, but on the other hand, I believe that number one, you should not go to prison unless you've committed a serious crime, a serious violent crime. So the, I'm but probably half of the people that are in prison right now, I, in my opinion, don't belong there. Get them out. Number two, I think sentences should be much shorter. It shouldn't be where we just lock you up for, you know, because if you lock a man up for 20 years, dude, that's, that's your whole life. That's a lifetime pretty much, you know, like, and, and if, if somebody's committed a crime that's so heinous, that's so horrible that they don't, you know, that, that 20, okay. Like that, that's one thing. If, if somebody's committed a crime that's bad enough where they, they, they need to be removed from the culture, from the, the, from the society for the rest of their life. That's one thing. But you know, like these little things like a petty crimes here and there, and, you know, violations of probation and things like that. Dude, there's there's too many we have we have too many systems in place right now to do educate people like you said life skills um systems in place to get people a, a ged or like some kind of a you know there there's programs to help people learn trades help people to make help people to become productive members of society if they choose to do so and so yeah i think that yeah we should focus more on that and uh if somebody does something do do something bad enough to warrant being locked up they need to just yeah just make it more effective it's not effective the way it is right now no i definitely agree it's not effective the way it is right now something needs to be done uh, our system is not perfect but it's the only one we got you know so, uh, they're in a different system right now i mean if, uh, when it comes down to reform reform is tough because like you say get romanticized in the street and then the person that probably would change when they go back 
they spent two years or three years, you know, locked up for a robbery or something, and you get out, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden now, you, you know, you got that street credit, man. You, you know, you throw on a few tattoos, or you know, you're talking to your friends, and you know, and you telling a bunch of lies what you did in prison anyway. You know, so yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, it, it could go the other way. So reform is tough, no matter how you look at it, but you can't. You can't just give up on it. I mean, you can't just you can't give up on it. There's a lot of stuff that's out there now. Before yeah. the research that I had when I was in my undergrad, Georgia has one of the best uh, rehabilitation types of programs in the prison system. They have several uh, in the prison system, uh, and they, according to the research that I saw, that they had a, a few more than what anybody else had. You know, so wow. the partners and they have the. Uh, well, I'll just say if if Georgia if Georgia has one of the best rehabilitation pro- prison programs in the country, that's that's sad. <laughs> if if what we have if we have is among the best that there is, then that's that's saying something. That's that's not say in my opinion not saying something good about Georgia as much as it is it is uh, how sad the rest of the the country is. But you know uh, now that was about five years ago, but. Um... Five years ago, Georgia had one that was one of the best uh, as far as like rehabbing people or uh, uh, as far as like uh, having uh, recidivism. I can't really say that great. But I'm, re, re, yeah, recidiv- re, recidivism. Yeah, there we go. You know, so it, it, they was, as far as that, right, it was it was a little little lower than everybody else. Uh, they contributed mm-hmm. to things, you know, working with pets, uh, being able to have furloughs, uh, being able to, to come out, you know, in the prison from time to time on these very long sentences. Like you say, with somebody's locked up for 25, 30, 40 years, you know, they get an opportunity to work toward a furlough, a furlough, you know, where they can come out and have a weekend yeah. at home, you know, with their friends and family or whatever, you know, so they're not feeling so incarcerated. You know, they have uh, there's a mental health counseling. There is you know, groups that they have to complete. There are uh, AA programs that's inside the prison system where they can help them, you know, come back. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a whole nother discussion. You know, I've done a lot of research on that, you know, on a mental health and mental health issues and things like that in yeah. the prison system. And that's that's a whole that's a whole nother can of worms right there. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I think, you know, there's a good start to the conversation. Um I know, like I said, we definitely weren't going to agree on the conversation. I don't think we ever did, <laughs> but I think we all of you got some good arguments. So I think I think we got I think we 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 proposed some some really good um, arguments from our perspectives both ways, though. I think we really did. I mean, I look, I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, is that punishment should be they should be short, they should be sweet to the point, and they should fit the crime. So yeah, that during that time, that's what fit the crime. Exactly. You know, if beating this person, that's what fit the crime. And then when it was over with, it was over. You know, there's no, okay, we'll bring him back on next Tuesday so we can discuss it again. It was no more than, mm-hmm. okay, he's done. My thing is just that it could have been done a different way. I still feel it could be done a different way. And I believe if we had done it a different way, I think we would have had a, a, I think we would have had a better outlook now on how to properly reform the person uh, we can, if we had a conversation again, we didn't, we didn't even touch on the Indian tri- tribunals where they talk a lot about restorative uh, justice and things of that nature. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. He kind of touched on it, but the Indians, you know, they, had a, they had a unique way of looking at how to reform a person depending on the age that they were. 
a lot a lot of stuff they looked at was like age related. You know, if there was a young offender, yeah. you know, a young offender can be taught differently. Where did you learn it from? Type thing. Versus an old offender might have been looked at like, hey, look, you know, you should know better by now. Type type of thing. You know, so yeah. we can look into how the Indian culture. Um, came about with some of their reform because they had some interesting views too now. They had a, they had those tribunals and things that was in place for a long time. So they they had a different a very different view on how to treat their people and how to uh how to punish their people. You know, they had a different view as well, you know, so uh so we ought to we ought to look into that, you know, uh the next go around. Definitely look into that because that's that's an interesting concept too. Yep. Cool, cool. Yeah, we yeah we we'll wrap this thing up, man. We're 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 creeping up on an hour now, so yeah, we we pretty much in that. I mean, you know, so <laughs> but I figured it would have been a really good conversation anyway because you know we will look at it from so many different aspects. You know, and be honest with you, uh, Fred agreed with you more than he agreed with me. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, interesting. You know, uh, to see it because you know he's much younger than both of us. You know, yeah. so and I would have never thought that he would have had that that process about the colonial, but. There are a lot of people that like that time in history, but I, I just, I just don't like it because it was a lot. It was very, 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 very brutal, and oh, yeah. it spilled over. You know, it didn't, it didn't really. I mean, it spilled over, and it spilled over with not the a lot of the good. To me, a lot of the, the bad came right along with the good, and people like they harped on the on the bad versus the good. You know. Okay, I'm gonna get off. Yep, true story. All right, let's wrap it up, man. We're here, uh, yeah. <laughs> if any anybody anybody who might have listened to this conversation, man, if, uh, chime in. Y'all y'all contribute. Um, go to uh, Classroom Twenty One page on Facebook and um, give us your give us your thoughts on this. What do you think about it? Yes, sir. Uh, definitely come add to the discussion. Yes, add to the discussion by all means. Uh, you can add to the discussion by going to any of the platforms that uh, Anchor broadcasts to. Just to name some of the top ones is Spotify and, and Apple, Applecast, Apple Podcasts, um, and there are there are uh, some other platforms that Anchor uh, broadcasts to. You can always come to the Anchor app and listen to the podcast on the Anchor app. Just look up Classroom Twenty One. Um, you can also leave a voice message on the app itself for Classroom 21 and if we're able to we will play your voice message right along with the next podcast and you can always yep. reach on us on, uh, through our uh, email which is Classroom 21 with two M's Classroom 21 with two M's at gmail.com and of course I can say it the Facebook group uh, Classroom 21 after join, join the conversation and as always, passion without purpose is pointless. So come to the classroom, uh, sit down with us, share the conversation, and we just see where it goes. Yep. All right. See y'all in the classroom. Yes, sir.